The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. I'm not going to tell you our story. I'm just going to tell you what my, my hope is to be able to serve with you in this part of the world. And, uh, and by God's grace, maybe see people reach the nations through, through mountain and western churches. Because we don't live in a particularly populous place. I, I looked up in all our counties combined in Region 7. We've only got about 400 and, um, and 8,000 people collectively, not including college students and part-time residents. So we're not dealing with a metropolis. I figured 408,000 people could certainly hear the gospel in two years if up to 15 million could hear it in two years through Paul's ministry, right? So I think we have about 408,000 people we have on record. Now, we know the way Southern Baptist membership roles go, but, but if you count those membership roles, some of them may be long gone, but the 100,000 total folks are on. Can you believe that? Our population, a quarter of our population is a supposedly on membership roll somewhere in a Southern Baptist church. FBI can't find part of them. The FBI cannot find part of them. When I went to Perkinsville, there were three of them who were dead on their membership rolls. So we don't have that anymore. Our membership is our membership, and that's it. But, um, man, I just, I'm overwhelmed by that because you hear global lostness, right? You hear about unreached people groups, a million people and not one Christian amongst them. And I just think about how overwhelming that is. Then I think about supposedly reached places like we live in. And I think about the lostness in our midst, and it's overwhelming uh, uh, to realize that, that, you know, statistically we may be at an average of about 58% lostness if somebody says, I'm a Christian. But what's projected lostness is more like 85% of those 400,000 people. Man, people have thrown numbers at me a lot, and I just kind of get crippled by them. I get crippled by them. I don't know about you. Uh, I I hear awesome, challenging messages and weep when Jimmy Scroggins preaches this morning, and I get overwhelmed because really what I'm trying to do is lean on my own strength and figure out how I'm going to rescue and save the world, right? How we're going to mobilize our little mountain church to go to every single nation. That's not going to happen. So how about we start with our neighbors? How about we, we vision in a little bit different way this morning? And, and uh, we're going to talk about ways to really connect. This is really a practical time together. I, I want to see each of your faces again in the next six months. So that's my goal. I want to see each of your faces again in the next six months, and I want that to be in the context of disciple-making training. Uh, whether you're attending a training or whether you're part of hosting and, lead and, tra- and being a trainer yourself, I want to see you again. Success is not that you come in this room, get motivated, super pumped, and get home and get overwhelmed by committee meetings and budgets. That's not success. Success is that we take a next step together. And so we'll get there uh, at the very end of this little short session. But, but I want to start right now by maybe if you could share with me um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and then just, just remain silent for a little bit, you know, not too long. But, I, but when I pray, and I, what I want you to pray for is I want you to pray someone about someone and, and ask the Lord to give you someone's name if they're not already on the front of your mind who's close to you but they're far from God. Um, so I'm going to pray for that. And then uh, I'd love you to share that person's name if you'd be willing, just the first name. Um, if you'd like to share just a, a short how you're connected to them, that'd be good too. But let's, let's do that together right now, okay? Lord, when I, when I see Revelation 7, uh, I don't know how to count multitudes. I don't know how to count that high. Um, I know what a trillion means. I don't know what a trillion looks like. So certainly multitudes I cannot imagine. And I can't imagine multitudes, Father, um, 
from languages and tribes and places of the world I don't even know exist. That's who will be there worshiping you. So Lord, in my small mind, uh, I just ask that you impress upon me daily uh, my neighbor, my sister, my friend who right now in their standing before you will not stand with the multitudes and cry out, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And Lord, that I not get lost in maps and numbers and facts. That right now in this moment, I grieve and am burdened by my sister Grace. And Lord, I, I don't I don't submit her name to you, suggesting that uh, I'm handing her off to you or someone else. I'm trusting in your spirit, but Lord, also acknowledging the call that's clearly on my life. Not to be faithful for grace, but to be faithful to grace. And continually share the one to whom we go the one to whom has the words of eternal life, the name of Jesus Christ, and to never waver, no matter how many times she rejects. Lord, I pray that for each of us in this room who are burdened by those closest to us. And Lord, I ask you to give a vision to us uh, that moves from a, from a neighbor and a sister or, or a colleague that we can look to them And then begin to see that perhaps they're one of the multitude. And Lord, that you give us the strength to be faithful. Strength to be faithful. And that your spirit would do the work that he does. That we would be obedient. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I mentioned grace to you. Maybe you want to share a name of someone. I'd love to write some of these names down because we're going to go back to them. Um, Matthew. Uh, my name is Brian. He taught me everything I know about construction. Our son Ryan and his family. James. Uncle Ron. Ron. Two R's. I just like to honor name spelling because I mean I believe the Lord gives people names, so I want to. I know many, I, we keep writing all, I want to ask, just help me out real quick. I want to just put a dot beside each of these names if they're in North Carolina. Grace, my sister is, Matthew is. Johnny is. All right. So we have our calling, right? I, I mean, I'm called to faithfully, to love Grace and to, and to share the good news. I want, I want Grace to know what her name means. I want her to experience what her name means, right? But here's the sad reality, y'all. Most of these folks are in North Carolina, and most of these folks will never hear the gospel from a person who claims the gospel has claimed them, saved them, right, through Jesus Christ. Most of them won't. So the vision when we talk about having a disciple-making catalyst in every North Carolina Baptist church in North Carolina, over 4,000 of them, over, well, there are 405 just in Region 7, which, by the way, we're talking about Alexander up to the Virginia line. There are 405 Baptist churches. What if there was an uh, apostolically-minded person who, who, who pastors, if it wasn't the pastor, and I kind of pray it isn't, unleashed to train and equip their church? I don't know the way the world works, but I know in a place with 400,000 people, it's pretty likely 
that if you have a county with a couple thousand or a few thousand Southern Baptists who have simple reproducible tools in addition to a clear calling and burden from the Holy Spirit, it's more likely that one day Matthew may be in the store. Matthew may be more likely that Matthew's across the cubicle. It may be more likely that, that Matthew's on a basketball court playing a pickup game to hear the gospel. When we talk about numbers and multitudes, we must put Grace and Matthew and Johnny and Brian and Ryan and James and Josh and Ron and all these other folks, put them their faces there. My prayer, my vision for Region 7 is Grace, Matthew, Johnny, Brian, Ryan, James, Josh, Ron, Jordan, Larry, Garrett, Marion, Lance, and many others. It's them. That they'd come to know the glory of the Lord. So we back in from that. And most of us just kind of stop there and say, yeah, I want to share the gospel more often. What Region 7, what every region in the state is ultimately about is equipping believers to do the work with simple tools. I'm looking at Anna Kilby in the back who's, her and her family are getting ready to move to Jackson Heights, uh, New York, in Queens. Been serving faithfully at App State. Um, planted a church on App State's campus called Church in the Harvest. You heard Mike Puckett's name. Oh, Puck, he really messed up our lives, didn't he? Um, <laughs> in a great way. Um, seeing church, seeing a, a student-led church on campus who's, who teaches disciples to make disciples from the very beginning. You know, a lot of times we pull people into our classes and give them books and say, this is what it means to be a disciple. From the, minute a, from the minute a student responds to the gospel of Jesus Christ because they've heard the gospel from mouth to ear from another student sharing the gospel one-on-one, they're baptized quickly, and then they're immediately trained to make disciples. Some time in their life when they're going to be around lostness, more than at any other time in their life is when they first come to know Christ. And so that's been happening on campus. It's been overwhelming. I've been in an established church. Like I feel like I almost serve in, like you all do in established churches, like you're having to get your feet out of tar. Right, and you and you may be convictionally led to the next step, but you got to pull your foot out of the tar to get there. I'm so thankful to have Church in the Harvest on campus. Guess what? There's a lot less tar there. It's church plant, right? I mean, there may be tar in ten years, but you know what? We'll move the next work. So the bottom line is how how do we do that? How do we how do we equip with simple tools that that translate across cultures and countries? I was at a meeting last week with the IMB out of the Mumbai team, and they were training us on some simple tools, the same stuff we train on here. So it translates across cultures, across time, because it's Jesus' stuff. And so our trainings are very simple. This vision that we share with you is wonderful, but what we want to do is give you simple and reproducible tools. That's the key. There's a reason there's a projector that's not in this room. There's a reason I'm not using a projector, because they're beautiful and they're helpful but literally a piece of paper and a whiteboard. And so what our training looks like in, in, in form is essentially a day-long training. Uh, we, we, we ask a host church um, uh, to, to do just that, to give us some space from about 9 to 2. And then at 2 o'clock, we go out into the harvest. So we go to a community park. We go to a place in the community, and we practice sharing the gospel. Now, I'll tell you, that practice, what we just call a, a person of peace or a house of peace, search Luke 10 stuff, that's not the aim of this. That, that's so you get the reps, so to speak. So you practice sharing the gospel. The aim of this is that you have simple reproducible tools to reach those who are close to you and far from God and to train other believers in how to share the gospel. The last thing I would want as a trainer is to come to your church 
And then, then you asked me to come back to do it again. Rather, I'd want to train you and equip you to do that training in your church. So the aim of the training is not just an evangelism seminar where you learn simple reproducible tools, but it's to raise up trainers from a local area. My vision is to have one in every county. So far, we're doing okay. We're getting, you know, Watauga and then uh, Yadkin Wilkes um, is is there. So I'm looking at, at Surrey doing some work. We have some stuff going on in Surrey with Russ up at Salem Baptist. I'm praying Caldwell, Avery, Ash, Allegheny, and Alexander. They're just one. I'm just praying for one. One trainer who comes to this training says, wow, can turn around, replicate that training where they're at, and then takes that county. Starts working with other pastors and other church leaders and takes that county. No one should know Josh Reed's name. No one should know Seth Norris's name. Not many of you know Mike Puckett's name. Not many of you do. The best thing we can hope for is for our name to be lost. So that the only name in continuity here is the name of Jesus. So it's not come and hear the experts speak. It's not Seth's coming to do it. My preference, even on the first training, is that I'm not even doing the training. That I'm there, set it up, and then brothers and sisters do the training from that point forward. That's, that's the vision. So the, it all begins with these, with these gospel conversations trainings. It begins with you attending one. It begins one with you getting some people in your church uh, to one. And from that point forward... Um, I'm going to ask you, and we're going to follow up with you. There's a follow-up that comes from this. Hey, you know, there's always a few folks who come and they say, that was a really good program. I'm like, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But there are a few typically who say, this, this is what I've been searching for. I've been searching for a simple reproducible tool. I've been searching for a way to, 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 to train and pass this on in my church or my county. That's the vision of this. Does that make sense? And it all begins with a simple training. I mean, I'm giving you a real next step. I'm giving you a real next step. And, uh, and that's my prayer. So uh, a little bit more about, about the training environment and, and what it means. Um, it takes a whiteboard and a marker and some paper. So if you have those logistics available to you, and if you don't, I'll stop by Hardy's and get some napkins, and we'll use those. That's the beauty of this. I love talking to pastors like myself and say, okay, what do you need set up? We'll do all this. And I just, you know, we'll eat some crackers. And we'll do this thing. I've also been interested, just so you know, before the harvest time, spiritual warfare has been unreal. In fact, the last training we, one, the last training I did in Wilkes County, right before the harvest time, people started getting hesitant. And they started saying, well, I really just feel like we need to build strong relationships with these people before we share the gospel. I said, so, I mean, I said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. They need to trust you. Yeah, well, I just don't know about all this. And they were on board all day and they were really responsive and really, I don't know about it. It was unreal. And then all of a sudden another person stepped up. They spoke up. Yeah, I just think these, these, these get to the gospel too quick. I think, I, think we're, I think we're missing the real point of how Jesus did evangelism. And we need to form deep relationships with them. And I agree with that. But guess what? It doesn't take six months. When you ask somebody and genuinely ask someone how you may pray for them, there's, there's, a, there's something about, uh, I think, a transaction happening there. The Spirit of God, when you honestly care about somebody, you're not just saying, hey, let me pray with you so I can get to some presentation. But when you honestly are looking for brokenness, listening for brokenness, 
and asking to pray for people, it doesn't take a long time to form the relationship that we're after. I've seen remarkable spiritual warfare, and it's always before the harvest time. And typically, I'm so thankful to see it because it's typically on those events where somebody turns and believes in the gospel and follows Jesus that day in the midst of the harvest. Amen. Like if there's no spiritual warfare before we go out, I'm like, man, ain't nothing going to happen today. Satan is un, he's uninterested in what this work is. But man, when, when Christians start saying, you know, I'm now I'm hesitant about this. Brothers and sisters, awkwardness, hesitation, fear, right? That's part of it. That is part of it. Like Anna said on the way down here, let's just be awkward for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's, let's put up with our social anxiety. Let's, I'm an introvert. Let me just take that trophy off of my life and let me make my primary identity as a follower of Jesus Christ, a child of God. And I'll put up with a little awkwardness for that. Certainly when people go across the world and die for the gospel, I can be awkward in a conversation. So, so the training really is about that time. It's about the time when we put all these tools to practice. Three circles is a beautiful tool. We train on it. We use it. I think I don't know how many times, Anna, just help me out on campus. How many times have students shared three circles roughly in the last year? Uh, yeah, over 500. So uh, this is not a 500 student group. This is... 20 students. So they prayed for far more than that. I mean, it's not like they just forced three circles upon people. But three circles is one part of a much larger vision. Yeah, that's, what I was say. that's the beauty of three circles. It is not, I love, I can't say that. I would not be honest. I, I like Evangelism Explosion. I like Way of the Master. There are a lot of evangelism training programs out there. Three circles is part of a disciple-making vision, a church-planting vision. So when you frame three circles in our training, what we're going to show you essentially is how three circles is only one part of a larger, a larger purpose. Because the vision behind three circles is discipleship and multiplication. Or the other way around. What's that? That's an opposite thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If we were in a linear world, right, but we're not. As you can tell, I believe in the training. It's not, it's not we don't have a huge worship time. We don't have AV But I think when we think about the Great Commission and the multitudes, we get so overwhelmed that we're crippled by it. And so what the training does is just show you that God's called us to a particular place at a particular time. And as Paul talks about, the stronger we appear, right, the less powerful the strength of God appears. That's like, God's using the weakness, right? He's using, he's using weakness to shame the strong. He's, he's using foolishness to shame the wise. And so this training really is the most simple, weakest, and I love that, weakest posture I've ever seen. I have but words of life. That's all I have to offer. And that's a little summary. Now, the, the, day is, the day is detailed, and we can talk about it later. But I want to ask now a, a little bit about your heart. I'd love to hear some vision from y'all. Uh, because this is really an important part. I think going to the training, we have 15 minutes left. The big mistake people make when they come to the training is they're expecting evangelism training 101, right? Three-ring binder, open the book. I do A, then I do then B, then I do C, and I go home. But what I found, the, the greatest joy has been when people come in with a real vision and a heart for uh, movement, for multiplication. And so I know that some of you have that. I know that, so I'm not saying you're a bad Christian if you don't, but, but there, there, there are some folks who have been, you've been stirring in this. I'd love to hear about that. What does that look like in your county? What, what's, your, what's your burden and what's your vision, uh, maybe where you're serving? I'd love to hear that if, if any of you, yeah. Pardon. Or many of us here, 
we've been in discipleship, real serious disciple making. And I'll bet that's one of the most important uh, parts is uh, the evangelism. Somewhere along the way, when you're teaching the person how to grow in Christ, yeah. one-on-one or one-on-one small group, during that time, one of the important things is you make sure the person you're discipling uh, knows how, not only how, but they get into the Word and they get so convicted but you don't have to worry about that person anymore because God. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And it's more of a uh, making sure our Christians get into God's Word and in God's Word know the plan that Jesus used for making disciples. And part of it, definitely, is uh, some kind of an evangelist for us. And so they know that when we start, <laughs> we got a whole bunch in here, Good. that when we start doing that, that uh, we're going to tell them one of the expectations is that they will be able to go out and share the gospel with someone. Not only will we do that, we'll go with them. Yeah. So it's a small. Absolutely. Thing. But see, three circles in our county would fit right into that. It would really help with all the disciples. Yeah. I love that, and and I and I agree completely. Um, I, and I keep picking on you because you know what, you came in here, so you asked for it. So, uh, so, uh, yeah, you share the gospel with me. I'm a I'm a lost student on campus, and and I say, at some point in that conversation, or at some point, maybe we meet the next week. I, I'd meet with let's say I meet with Scott or husband. I, I turn and believe. What's the next step for? I'm a brand new believer. I you tell me. I, I still call it the Palms. I don't even call it the Psalms. Yeah, I, but what's the next step for me? I'm a brand new believer. I got show you that your identity is in Christ. Yep. That that means that you're a new creation, but that also means you're an ambassador. And we immediately train what we would do with this training, like immediately train how to share the gospel and tell you to tell somebody what happened to you. So my identity is in Christ and an ambassador, according to 2 Corinthians 5, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll spend, what, six or seven weeks trying to teach me what all that means? No. Oh. Like, like 10 minutes of that. Yeah. So when she says she's going to teach identity and ambassadorship, that's 10 minutes in the scriptures together because you can't separate the two. So if I'm a new creation, I am also what? An ambassador. So my next question is, what does that mean? So in the next 10 minutes or so, I'm going to identify lostness around me just like we just did. And then she's going to show me how to share the gospel from the beginning. Somebody could be six hours into their faith and discipled in how to share their faith with others and then committing to accountability to actually share their faith. Whoa. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is what's happening in China. This is what's happening in Haiti. It's what's happening in Sub-Saharan Africa. When we hear of movements, brothers and sisters, I, I, am, I, I love learning the depths. I mean, it's it's... The vastness of God's goodness is a lifetime and more of learning. But when we hear of movements, the type of movement that the West so desperately needs, believers are immediately told to multiply from the very beginning. And they're not told to multiply in isolation, but rather to do that in community. It's really instilling a new DNA. A new DNA in what was quickly becoming a post-Christian culture. Yeah, we saw the, uh, in our county, which is different on the campuses, you know, it's different in Absolutely. Situation. But uh, we saw that we needed an army first 
to begin training who really wanted to be yeah. a part of this. So we get those leaders in the churches, in the six, seven churches we have, and they began. They, they, they learned how to disciple a person. And one of those is the uh, three circles. And that way we don't have two. Yeah, that's right. We have a yeah. program. I think one of the pieces that goes with that, as you, as successful missionaries, we work with churches, but churches begin to do their disciple making peace. But Jesus said, as you go, yeah, there you go. make disciples. Yeah. And Johnny shows up. And so yeah. each one of us need to have who's your one. Yeah. And they need to be discipling that person. As you work in the church with other groups, it's you can look at a group situation or you can look at one situation. And so nobody's left out. Yeah. And there's plenty of, of work to do. You know, our vision is to get churches excited. Forty five churches. That's a lot, forty five churches. Folks. And over four thousand people. It used to be seven thousand. So we finally got them to cut Oh, praise the Lord. Praise God. People out of the way. <laughs> so we're down to 4,000 or something. Yeah, praise God. But to get those people excited, but to really understand it's a one-on-one yeah. situation. Yeah. And you need to have one. Who's your one yeah. that you're discipling? And then the church is to be excited to work with their leaders and to train the trainer and I won't take up your time. No, you're, you're but I think that's you're talking very it. important in association. Yeah. As churches work together with that group, forty five churches, forty five thousand in the United States, four thousand that's right. Three hundred in North Carolina. It could be a, a great force. So that vision that vision right here is an ideal that is ripe and fertile ground for a training. Because all we're doing is coming in saying, here's the vision. Here are some simple tools. You know, I want, I want, to, I want, to, go to, uh, I want to go to Aspen. Well, we're coming in saying, all right, you need the car, you need the fuel, here's the tools together. It's that vision that we're seeking. That's what we need. Yeah, so some, some back-end tools. That, that, that's, that's the best situation. That's the best scenario right there uh, is where we have that local vision. Well, that's what we... Now, I'll say something, brother pastor, right? Pastor to pastor. Uh, as a pastor of this, one of the most important things I can do is is to shepherd and release and empower the priesthood of our believers. Um, that, that's that's the second part of vision that's going to be necessary wherever this happens, uh, because we we this can't be us. And so, a lot of times in our churches, we have those brothers or sisters who always want us to do more because they're apostolically or evangelistically minded. And here we are, lifting our feet out of the tar a lot of times, right? And a lot of times we've had no place for them to go. This is a wonderful place for those folks in our congregations who you know are apostolically wired and evangelistically wired. They, they're, there's your catalyst. They're not only for your church, for your association or your county, right? That, that's, so if we have vision and we have a, a, a willingness to release the priesthood, which is biblical and we say it, but sometimes we're not good at actually doing that. We want, to, we want everything to pass over our desk. Um, if those things exist, you're, you're completely ready for one of these trainings. It's, it's, it's time. It's, it's beyond time. Because all we're going to do is backfill with some, some, some practical details. Yes, sir. The, the adaptability 
probably for seven years I've been teaching four field reports and uh, using 411 yeah. and all those. Where are you at? In okay. And, and one of our churches uh, was looking at who's your one, and they called me in and said, talk to me. And I said, uh, they said, what do you think of who's your one? And I said, well, I have two problems. Yeah. I said, number one, it's too short. That's four weeks. That's not long enough. All right. And number two, there's no discipleship. All right. And they said, well, what are we doing? One of the guys kept saying, well, evangelism. I said, no, I'm sorry. You got the, evangelism is a part of discipleship. Yeah. You build that witness in relationship yeah. to do that. And so I began to teach them through the 411, and we were looking at you know the Holocaust map and all those pieces. But you come back, and, and, and the pastor said, our people need to simple because they were they were getting confused. Yeah. So this is what we did. Who's your one? Draw the four fields. Cultivating a disciple-making culture within the church. Field one, first half, is the Oikos. Who's your one? Yep. Who's the person you already connected with, family, friends, neighbor, co-worker, whoever it may be? Or is God leading you to the person of peace? Is there someone outside of your circle of, of comfort that God is saying, I want you to build a relationship with them? That's your one. And so we ask them to pray and seek that. For the second one, we just finished the Franklin Graham Crusade down in Hickory. And so a lot of our folks had this, and so he taught them steps to peace with God. I prefer three circles, but... Yeah, absolutely. Fine. But he, he's, just, he's teaching just a seed sowing tool. Everybody how to use it, makes it available to everyone. They got the track. And, and so in, in short-term discipleship in the third field, uh, it's living in Christ. It's the four-week study that yeah. Billy Graham and them went hand in yeah. person. But instead of doing that, what we're doing is we're training our Sunday school and life groups for four weeks how to how to understand what's in there so when they lead their one to Christ they're ready to begin to help them on the journey of discipleship and and then the gathering so good but but the adaptability I, I wouldn't have done it that way but but it's going to work it is adaptable cross culturally established churches church plan Dwayne who, who trains you on I mean what's your background where did you come into contact with with four foods Jeff what a guy so so did you Praise God. That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So, Anna over here. So, you, you guys know when you're in another country, doesn't speak English, and you hear English. You, you hear English, right? I hear English. Like, that's what just happened right there. Just, did y'all see that? So, so, it is a different... But it's beautiful to hear. And so, many of the things he's talking about, we, we talk about in the training. It is adaptable. It is absolutely. You, whether you have Sunday schools or community groups, it's adaptable. And it has to be adaptable because, uh, like, my heart is for um, recovering addicts. I'm yeah. myself from an ex-con. I'm a recovering okay. addict myself. And uh, it has to be adaptable for those types of people because, especially I'm from Yakin County, uh, those ty- uh, Southern Baptist Church scares those people away yeah. due to legalism, due to traditionalism, yeah. and due to mm. the thoughts of hypocrisy. Mm. And uh, that fear that scared me away. I was an atheist for a long time. And so just to have something simple like that and adaptable is something that I really cling to to be able to share the gospel with other people that so good. like me. Dwayne, have we connected? Have you connected with Disciple NC team yet? I've talked to Josh from time to time. Again, I know. Okay. You know, I, and again, it was what I was already doing, and, and we talked about that. Absolutely. Yeah, we got we got folks in our church who, who do this all over the world, and that's a beautiful thing. You, you hear about it. They'll talk about. Let me tell us about our strategy in Haiti, and then they'll. So we're we're sharing language that is cross cultural. Even I've got a, a pastor from a group in Louisville, and they sent out. 
missionaries. Yeah. And they, they had IMB guys that yeah. know this. And I, would, I taught him, and he was teaching them. They're going, we ain't got this yet. Yeah. Well, here it is. And IMB just... Their strategy is this now. Their primary strategy is four fields now. Father, uh, I'm praying right now for Region 7 of North Carolina. You establish the boundaries of man. You, 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 you make the maps, Lord. Um, and all of this was created by and for Jesus Christ our Lord. And so what we're submitting to you right now in the, in the face of, of, of immense, um, immense challenge. I'll, 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 I'll just use those words. Immense challenge in, in, in your church here in this part of the world. Uh, Lord, we're praying that you raise up catalysts and trainers um, in, in every part of the state, but specifically right now, I'm praying that you would raise up and right now calling out uh, someone who, who will uh, serve uh, unwaveringly as a catalyst in every part of Region 7 uh, until every church uh, is out there and churches will surround Lance and Garrett and Jordan and Ron and Josh and James and Br- Ryan and Brian and Johnny and Matthew and Grace and so many others, Marion and Many others in our hearts, Lord, that there that these folks would never be far uh, from the gospel. Because how will they hear without a preacher? Uh, and we know that you've called us all to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to teach them to obey all that Christ has commanded. And so, Lord, uh, by your Spirit, we pray fervently for this, and we commit to praying together in Christ's name, for Christ's name, until all peoples have heard. And He breaks the sky open and calls us home forever. I pray in His name. Amen.